Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts, Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini. And today we're going to have a chat, just me and Jen. Jen, how are you? How's the tail end of your trip to the East Coast been? It's been really good. And we should say that we've just, it's, we're kind of having a chill summer and a little bit of a chill summer with the podcast. We have a lot of fun guests coming up for the fall, but we're kind of, kind of both having a chill time right now, right? And you're traveling a lot, I'm traveling a lot, and we're giving ourselves a little less pressure. So we're just having casual conversations with each other. Cash conversations. And it kind of makes me think about um, why we're that way in August. And I think it's because we worked in magazines for so many years where there were summer Fridays. And yes. everything, everything was kind of languid and slow, even though in reality you're working on big issues fall issues. It was, it was such a chill way to work in the summer. Totally. And you know, in, in Europe, nobody even works at all in August. So it feels like it, just like we talked about the last time you, you and I were just talking, it feels like a, a nice time to just have, uh, to have things a little bit ch- more chill. By the time this comes out, it will be the last week of Summer, I think. Oh, Jesus. I know. Sorry. Sorry. I hate to tell you that, but yes. No, I know. (laughs) I know. I just really like summer better than all the other seasons. I know. I know. I know. But it's okay. I'm excited about fall. I'm ready for shift. I'm ready to shift. I can feel myself ready to get motivated again. Um, Oh, which is something I wanted to talk to you about. I read... (laughs) I read an article today about a listener sent us in an article about what determines career success after 50. Really? Which I thought was really interesting. It's the psychological formula for success after age 50. 
I, I, I really want to hear what that psychological formula is. You want to know? Anyway, they did, they did a study of 48,000 people over time. And they found that um, people over 50, and then there's all these examples of like people who had amazing third acts, like Estelle <laughs> Getty, who oh, landed, no. yes, okay, landed her breakout role on Broadway at age 58, and in her 60s, racked up seven back to back Emmy nominations for the Golden Girls. <laughs> oh my God. Julia Child didn't start uh, the French Chef on TV. She didn't start on TV until she was 50. Um, then there's this other person, I don't know who Ray Kroc is, but that person began franchising McDonald's at age 52. Anyway. Yes, so. Ray, Kroc, Ray Kroc, I believe, does, um, invented McDonald's. Yes, okay, well, but but didn't start franchising it, which was where the real money where was. Where the real money was, sure. Until, okay, so this is, they give you five steps for success post 50. Okay. okay. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay. This is like a little sidebar in this article because I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. But okay. So it's called How to Stoke the Fire Post 50. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, make it meaningful. Avoid work you don't find compelling. So that's one. Fair enough. Okay. Move your body. Physical activity is very important to keep the gray and white matter in your brain more functional. Older people who are physically active, um, gets you, they tend to be more successful because getting your heart pumping gets your brain working and it makes you be more likely to stay consistent in what you're doing. Huh. Um, fight weakness. Nurture your weakest trait by surrounding yourself with people and deadlines that bolster you. If your entrepreneurial passion is fading, find an enthusiastic business partner and join an incubator program. I'm never joining an incubator program. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> um, but the, the idea is if you fear you won't be able to do something like write a novel, write a, do whatever you want, and, and you you really want to do it, like join a weekly writing group or hire a book coach, do something that will help facilitate um, whatever your weakness is. And I don't know, I think for both of us, it can be follow through. I would say that's fair. Um, learning new, sc new skills will improve cognitive function. I believe so, that. so, you know, learning a new language or a musical instrument, but basically this article is all, that's the sidebar, but basically this article is all about, um, which it doesn't say in the sidebar, is that grit, keeping up grit and passion for, for doing things, those are the two, grit, passion, and a growth mindset are the three things that all start to wane as we get older. Mm -hmm. And if you can keep those three things going, you can kind of do anything you want. It's like not getting stuck. But how do you do that? Because if you're in your 50s, say... You've been working for a long time and you've been working in your chosen field or your field for a long time. And how do you keep grit and passion alive when you've just been doing the same fucking thing for years? Um, okay. Uh, this basically is telling you just people who, it's not, look, it doesn't tell you that. <laughs> no, I'm just curious. Okay. I'm just, I'm, me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disputing the piece. I'm just curious yeah. myself. I think that week, my opinion, because I am still super passionate about the things I want to do. And I don't know what motivates you. And I was going to ask you that today, like what still motivates you? But one thing that really motivates me is um, assholes who discount me. 
Mm -hmm. Um, when I'm condescended to, when I'm treated like I don't matter, when I'm treated like I'm stupid because I forgot something, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm still very motivated by I'll show you. That is still a big thing for me. And then the other thing that is still a big motivating factor for me is a sort of race with time. Like, well, what do I think I'm going to regret when I'm 70 having not done? Mm-hmm. What, you know, the window closing and feeling like, well, if I never try, am I going to regret it? And some things it's I won't regret. Like I don't like I don't keep a particularly clean or neat home, and I don't know that I'm going to regret that when I'm 70. Also, there's many opportunities to do that. But I feel like the things that I think I might regret like you know, making a career pivot when I'm really bored with something, writing a second book. I at some point want to write a novel. You know, I know there are things that I want to try to do before it's too late to maybe enjoy them. Mm-hmm. So that you, motivates me. Yeah, it's so interesting. I'm thinking what motivates me? Fear, certainly. Fear of failure, fear, fear of disappointing people. Oh, Wow. That's interesting. Fear of disappointing whom? Whomst? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. That's actually not such an easy question to answer. I wonder whoever I'm interacting with at the time, whoever my boss of the moment was. Right. You know, um, I think I'm, I don't know what the fuck I'm motivated about. And I think some of it has to do with, well, I mean, like with this podcast, you know, I'm, I'm motivated to like have it become huge. Right, right. But I can't say what motivates me to one. I mean, maybe, you know, relevance, the desire to continue to be relevant. I think that motivates me. Yes. And I do think, I do hear you in a collaboration. I've been doing more collaborations, like one-on-one collaborations in the last couple of years. And I will say the the collaboration and the accountability motivates me. Yes, me too. I mean, I'm a person who probably should be in an office just because I'm I'm not a great self motivator, right? Um, consistently, you know, right? Um, I'm glad I'm not, but I do think that's that's where I'm the most productive. Now, I didn't do what I said I was going to do though in this episode. I told myself I'm I'm now sitting here with a piece of paper and a pen. Mm-hmm. Because I keep forgetting what we're talking about while we're talking about it. Oh, and no. then I forget what my point is. So, oh, now no. I'm, so now I'm writing down what we're talking about so that I can, like, remember. All right. I mean, I feel good about that. <laughs> I feel like, you know, whatever tricks and whatever aids you need, I always have notes with me. But, you know, I'm the dork. I used to bring – I used to – well – I think the habit started for me of notes because I was so anxious in meetings. I don't know if you remember this, but I hated talking meetings. I used to break out in hives anytime we had meetings at Lucky Editorial meetings. I would my whole chest would be in hives, my whole neck, mm. and I used to write down because in those editorial meetings and subsequent meetings that I had, obviously it's your at a certain point it comes around to your turn and it's time for you to pitch or it's time for you, whatever. And you have to do that. You have to show up appropriately. And I was so bad at it that I started always having notes with me, including like kind of a mini script of what I was going to say, including sometimes so it would sound more natural writing like an um in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. Because I can be really socially anxious. And so 
I had to do things to adapt. And as I'm getting into this age and perimenopause just sort of slowing my brain down and putting it in a fog so often, I need more cues than ever. So I usually have notes somewhere for our episodes um, to think about, oh my God, I want to say that. And if we do talk about that, I want to make sure that I, if we do talk about that, I want to make sure I make this point. I try to do that. Right, right. I think that this stage of life, one of the most difficult things about it, and I was thinking about this last night because I haven't had hot flashes and night sweats for two nights. Mm-hmm. A miracle, right? And I was thinking about the one of the biggest challenges is that it's always kind of changing. Like you're in a bad memory spot right now. I might be in a really bad insomnia spot next week. Mm-hmm. It's, if I could get used to one way of being, it's that it's all physically in flux. Cognitively, I feel in flux. Some days I have, I, I have no recall, like basic, basic recall. And some days I have hot flashes and some days I can't eat certain foods and then it changes the next week. Yeah, menopause and perimenopause don't follow any rules. Yes, and that is the most difficult because we want to feel a sense of control, particularly as we get older. Yes. And there's nothing to be controlled here. You you might be sweaty all night. You might not. You, you know what I mean? And there's, <laughs> and there's a lot of dissonance because it is a time in, in many people's lives when they feel more control over who they are, their life circumstances, their work, than they have in the past, just, be, just from having been around for a long time. Right, being established, you've established yourself. Yes, many of us have. Right. Yeah, and 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 I think the dissonance is really disturbing between like, you know, oh, I've got this mastered, and oh my God, I'm such a beginner. Yeah, and just but then you know, and and also just the the emotional highs and lows, which affects your self esteem, and you know when you're really feeling dark, when it's really bleak, and then the next day it's not, and it's just the hormones are so up and down, you know. And by the way, as I was just talking to you, I just forgot what I had to follow up that I was. Oh, here it is. <laughs> Sorry, I got it. I do think that perimenopause and menopause, the whole menopause transition, prepares us for getting older in a way that men just don't have. They don't get they don't get the preparation because they don't go through anything like this which makes you sort of have to be in your body and accept your body accept that your body is kind of in control more than you are. Mm-hmm. And I think having to come to peace with that earlier and also it makes us more in tune with our bodies in a way I think men are very surprised by aging in their 60s. I think they're like, what, what, my knee, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas we're like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a more gradual burn for women. It's a more gradual burn and it's we get more of a wake-up call. Mm-hmm. Although I really, I really thought that midlife crisis was such a cliche. Like I thought it would never happen to me, and I realized it's been kind of happening to me lately. Tell me how. Well, 
It's mostly a fashion thing, to be honest. I think I really, I was trying to push the envelope because, I mean, you know, this is a very mild midlife crisis. You know, it's not <laughs> like I'm out being like, oh, who, what, you know, how young of a dude could I fuck? I'm not, I'm not having that. I don't need to buy like some fancy sports car. Like I'm not having any of that shit, which is like, I think a midlife crisis is you're feeling like, oh, hell, there's only so much longer than I'm that I'm going to get to do X. I better do it now, right? Yeah. Whether it be you know having a, a younger sexual younger sexual partners, whether it be you know buying a stupid car, you know the the cliches around it. Mine is there's only so much longer that I'm going to get to wear X. I better do it now, and it really has been backfiring for me. <laughs> I'll, I'll say. I really pushed it to a limit that was stupid and ridiculous this summer. I I wrote about this on our Patreon. I bought this crop top mm-hmm. and I I looked fine in it. Like it's it was such a stupid thing. I I wrote about it on our Patreon. It was from this brand called like Praying and it's some like weird brands are so weird right now and it's hard to find brands and new brand new like it's it's hard to find new labels that you're really interested in, I feel like, because I feel like it's just the fashion magazines are irrelevant, etc. So it's by this brand praying that I had found on like some internet stalking Instagram something and, you know, clicked on it. And it was a little crop top that I thought was also jokey. And it said God's favorite across the top. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's funny. I'm going to wear that. And I got it. And it was not only a crop top, but like a tight crop top. So it cut off Mm -hmm. right under my boobs, so tight that I got a rash. Oh my God. (laughs) And I was wearing it because my midriff is not the worst. And that's the other thing I've been thinking, like this is going to get wrinkled soon. If it doesn't blow up, like something's going to, so I wore it like out in the world and I just felt so stupid and I was like, oh, this is over, not because I can't wear it, because I don't want to anymore. See, you're letting go to this of the side of the plane. I am. I'm letting go. And I think that's what a midlife crisis is really, is like, is the, is the letting go. But I never really understood it. It just seems so stupid and something would never happen to me. It always seemed like a very male thing to me and not so much something that women go. I mean, it is true that when I hit my 50s, I tattooed my forearms like enormously. That could be seen as as something of a midlife crisis. But I I, I generally think of it as a male thing and something that involves like, you know, all the cliches. Right. Um, Well, acting out. It's acting out. Yeah, it's acting out. And I I don't know that women do that as much. I just don't. And well, I think maybe it yeah. is because it goes more gradually for women. It isn't as much of a, like a, a sudden sea change. Right. It's not as much of a steep drop off. We're kind of like, oh, that's weird. You know? <laughs> well, because it happens so gradually. It's like, oh, yeah, that length of skirt doesn't look so good anymore. Oh, yeah. It hurts when I stand and when I sit. <laughs> like oh yeah like it all just it, it it trickles you know because it will really overwhelm you if it all happened at once 
Well, it's, yeah, it's a slow adapting because it's like, it hurts if I stand unless I mitigate it with these three things, you know? It hurts when I'm eating too many inflammatory foods and my joints get all inflamed. So, oh, I can't really eat French fries <laughs> in the same abundance that I used to eat French fries. They don't work for me anymore. So it is all these like subtle adjustments. And yep. I feel like, like today I'm wearing like a little nautical um boat neck tee striped striped long sleeve tee and also a pair of shorts that are a little longer and I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like this feels right this this feels right like five years ago this would have felt like a little too conservative for me but oh wow this really is starting to feel right I'm feeling good in this kind of a look which is just fucking weird it just I think that's what it is it's just constantly changing well, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I think I've been dressing like a boy for a while now. Right. And last night I was around some people and one of the women was just, was a rock star's wife. And she was a rock star wife. She was very feminine. She was wearing like the kimono. She mm -hmm. had like beautiful blonde hair. And I'm standing there in like my, you know, pop over in my jeans, just feeling like a guy. Right. You know, and, and yep. just thinking, like, why do I, like, I, I have really, like, forfeited all femininity as far as the way I dress is. And I, I kind of want to change that. But, like, the, there are so many, I look, at, I look at what's in stores now, and I look at, like, what, like, I'm not going to wear puffy shoulders. I'm not going to wear those crazy big lapels. I don't even know how you do, I don't even know how you dress that way. I know, I know, I know. Like, I was thinking the same, I weirdly had the same thought the other day. I was like, I don't dress sexy anymore. Mm -hmm. no, I don't like, I don't have like a going out top. Do you remember when you had like a going out top? It was like, that's my sexy top. Yes, yes. It's a, what, at Sassy, we called it an excitement top. Yes, it's an excitement top. I don't have excitement tops. Really? I have, yes, I have aging ceramicist. <laughs> 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 and then, which I love, but like, it's kind of moving frumpy. It's either frumpy or like, it's like frumpy or silly. And I don't know what a sophisticated, sexy person looks like. But you know them. I do. I do. You know, your friend Renee, I remember, mm -hmm. I remember a couple of years ago when Renee was in a new relationship, she was sorting out how to look sexy as a middle-aged person. And she looked amazing. I remember she was wearing like some like kind of frilly but sheer black blouse and she had a lot of chains on and black jeans and like a boot with a heel and it was very simple and it was very sexy and I thought huh I don't ever wear like I'd been in a relationship with my husband that by that point like a decade and I was like I don't do anything like that. I don't like I don't even I don't even try. I, I haven't I, been trying sexy. I haven't been trying sexy in I how the fuck long? I don't know. I, I like I do make a token effort with the lingerie. Yes, you I, do. I will make an effort there. Yeah. And yeah, you know, maybe that's kind of sexy that like, you know, I, I look like somebody who'd be wearing like a CK one bra or something. Yeah. I I tie-dyed a bunch of underwear last year to, to vary to vary results. Seeing that on social media, I think. 
yeah, it's not. That's all I've been wearing and tie-dye over time. And I really, I really need to up my lingerie game, I think, because it's really just a clown car under here. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I have this new, I have this new bra brand I love. I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole lingerie brand. I just buy bras for them. It's called Else, E-L-S-E. Oh. Ooh. Else as in someone else or something. Okay. Um, and because I, uh, during COVID, I totally stopped being able to wear underwire bras, which is what right. I wore before because I wasn't wearing bras at all. And so I was like, you know what? It's not like I'm, I've, my tits are that big. I don't have to ever wear an underwire. So I've been investigating like sexy bralettes and this company else does some really nice ones. Yeah. I think I'd, I'd like to move into that. I just, it all feels like such a hassle. Like, I'm like, oh, God. And then what does your match on the bottom? Like, what if the underwear doesn't match? And then I'm in, like, this this tie-dye situation on the bottom with the sexy bra. And I, I got to – I'm with I'm, – I'm staying at my mother-in-law's right now. And my mother-in-law is a very exacting person. Like, mm-hmm. she, has, she has five different trash categories. Okay? I know. Yes. I, I mean, I can't – and they're all – if you really talk – she's a person who is really – she's like a – walking real simple you know like she Mm -hmm. understands like well you need to dry out the tea bag before you put it in the compost so then your compost isn't wet and I'm like I would have never thought of that in a million years in a million years but I'm watching the way she does stuff and the way she folds clothes and the way she thinks about like her laundry and like she's taught me some things and I'm realizing I want more of that in my life I want more of Keeping the washer door open so the washer doesn't get moldy. I had never, this had never occurred to me. And it frustrates me that my washer is a little moldy and it grosses me out and I need to figure out how to wash it. And I was like, how do you keep your washer from being moldy? And she was like, yeah, you just keep the door open a little bit. And I was like, like, seriously, my brain was blown, <laughs> you know? like. But, but this is how you accumulate knowledge like that by yes. like, you know, your mother-in-law knowing things. Yeah, and I want to stop being lazy. I think I'm inherently, like, not about everything, not about work, but I'm inherently lazy, like, even talking about the underwear, like, oh, well, how would I find things that matched? You would just come up with fucking sets, and you would put them together in a drawer and neatly fold them, and that's it. It's not that hard. I know. I mean, given, like, the lazy, this lazy streak that runs through both of us, it's amazing we make this podcast happen every week. I seriously cannot believe it (laughs) (laughs) I mean because I feel the same way and it's so interesting because I've been so driven in my career at different points and driven just in my personal life and and I don't know yeah I don't know either I don't know either I don't know either but the rest of me could really be like you know sort of a combination pig pen Mr. Magoo Like, Mm -hmm. I could just sort of move through the world very messy, sort of blindly walking around things, and with a stroke of just, like, slacker. Just a slacker stroke of being like, oh, I don't want to. When that kind of productivity, I think, that's not like the work and the chasing, you know, chasing capitalism, whatever. That kind of productivity, like, in your house... And just Mm -hmm. keeping like things orderly. I actually think that's really healthy in a way that, in a way that felt oppressive to me most of my life. That sort of order is, makes me, I I kind of aspire to it in a new way. 
Hmm. I mean, I like order. I like order in my home. I like order on my desk, but it's it's really um, skin deep. Oh, are you kidding? My house I is mean, basically staged. <laughs> no, that's why I feel like don't you know? Beware anyone who tries to open a closet door in this apartment. Oh, don't open a fucking drawer in my house. You don't even know what you'll. Find. I just, I'm just basically when my desk gets too messy, I just kind of take everything and put it into the drawer, and then when the drawer gets overstuffed, I just sort of find another vessel, a cute vessel, to put all the junk in instead of just <laughs> organizing shit. I know because we're not because you're either an organized person who's good at organizing or you're not. You can, you can, you can. I think you can probably cultivate some of those skills, but. I'm, I've never been an organized person. I've never, there's always been some corner of a closet or some, you know, just something I wasn't doing. Like when I left my first job where I was an assistant, I was a terrible assistant. They found like, you know, rejection letters I'd never <laughs> sent. And, you know, it, like the joke in the office for the month after I left was, wasn't Kim supposed to do that? <laughs> totally. I was such a bad assistant. I was the world's worst assistant. I had, I could never figure out how to do my boss's expenses. I think I've talked to you about this. I could never figure out how to do my boss's expenses. And so I just was shoving them in the yes. back of a drawer. Like, yes. Oh, Kat Marnell talked to us about this. Um, do you and know what? Mad about it. You know what it reminds me of? Many, many years ago, when I was a kid, I think, um, a mailman, I think in Chicago, got in trouble because it turned out he had not been delivering the mail. He had been burying it in a hole. I mean, legend. That's a right? lazy legend. No, but this is the thing. <laughs> so, of course, you've heard of it. <laughs> of course I have. No, here's the thing that I have thought about. And this is one of, this is another thing that motivates me. When I die... I do not I do not want to leave this burden to somebody else. Like I my affairs are not in order. I do not want to have to have somebody go through all my weird hoarder drawers. Like what a nightmare for somebody. That is just a cruelty. To me. like I might just, I might as well just write a will that says burn everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> Throw it in a pile and, and uh, you know, make a fire out of it because nobody needs, nobody needs my pay stubs from six jobs ago that are in this box that I left the job with that I've never touched as if it's just a time capsule, you know? No, nobody, nobody needs to see my transcript from my Beastie Boys interview in 1994. I would like to see that, honestly. <laughs> I would very much like to see that. I would see any of your old crap like that. Oh so maybe God. actually maybe actually, it's not such a burden. Maybe somebody would like to go through our crap. I mean, that's a really hubristic way to look at it. But. You know, like when I think of my crap, I think like, you know, I moved in December. I got rid of a lot of crap. But I also was careful because I've gotten rid of things over the years that I've really regretted. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've done that too. That's especially true with clothes because I'll... I'll get into that like shaming of myself like, well, you haven't worn it in a year. You haven't, what if you never, and then I'm sad that I don't have it anymore. Like I had this amazing Halston dress, vintage Halston dress. It was never quite right on me, but it had like, it was black chiffon with gold lame polka dots. And it had these like beautiful sheer sleeves with big cuffs. And then wow. it, was a ma- it was a maxi dress. And I had gotten it in one of my eBay things for like, you know, I don't know. It was like a high price for me at the time, like $100. And it, 
it was so gorgeous. It didn't fit me quite right, but I could have done something about it. So I have many things like that that I wish I had held on to because I loved them. I know, you know, I know. And I, I, I feel like I'm maybe not especially good at determining which ones are going to be the things I miss and which ones are the things that can go. Like, I hung on to the dress I wore to Lucky's launch party in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, I will surely never wear this dress again. You know, I threw away my wedding dress, though. I just put that in the trash. <laughs> my wedding dress I tried on the other day. And uh, my wedding dress at the very end of my wedding, I made it through this pristine white with a capelet little mini white dress. It was very cute. It was, um, oh God, it was Narciso Rodriguez. It was the most expensive thing I'd ever bought in my life off the rack. It was like a little um, shell dress, like that's not what it's called, but a little like shift dress. Shift, with a yeah. Shift, that's it. With a cape. Made it through the entire 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 wedding like many moving parts city hall then we went to the rainbow room then we had like this bar party pristine the end of the night i go to grab my purse there's a big glass of red wine on the bar somebody Mm. had not drunk knocked the glass of red wine full splashed red wine all over my dress that was like sort of my parting and I never did anything about it. I never, like, got it taken in. I, I never took it in, tried to get the stain on. I never got it dyed. People were like, you know, because I'm drunk at the end of my wedding going, I don't know what I'm going to do. And people were like, you'll dye it. You'll dye it. I'm like, <laughs> I am never dyeing this dress. <laughs> like, it's never. Is, you're never wearing the dress you got married in again. I mean, maybe would, somebody somewhere does. It would be weird, right? It would be weird. It may be a little weird. Yeah, it might be a little weird. And now let's take a quick break for some ads. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin, and I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. 
I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry leading sustainability standards. You know, I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Ah. Okay. So you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25 percent off. And we're back. What are you, are you listening to anything new? Are you reading anything new this week? Do you have any culture wrecks? Well, you know, in, in this week's New Yorker or what, you know, I don't know when we'll air this, but, um, July 9th, the, the article is dated. I, that is um, not this week's New Yorker. August, 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 <laughs> August, August. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> there is a piece by the writer Donald Antrim, who's a novelist, um, and he wrote about like coming back from being suicidal. Oh, wow. And it is intense. It is one intense read, but really good. Um, what else have I been doing? I don't know. I guess, I mean, I've been listening to a little to my favorite podcast, which is called Heavyweight. Mm. which I'm a big fan of. He, the guy who hosts it is very smart and funny and he like resolves things for people. Like it's, 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 it's basically like closure the show. Yes. That is my friend Emily's husband. I know that show, but I have not listened to it. Oh, but wow. yes, yes, yes. Um, cause they were both this American life people, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I think, think it's, so. Yeah. I think it's Jonathan Goldstein. Am I right about that? Yes. It's Jonathan yes. Goldstein. Yes. And it's, it's called heavyweight and I really, really enjoy it. And you know, I don't know. I've been watching call my agent. I'm the last person to watch call my agent. Call My Agent is so fun, and they're all so sexy, and it's so great. And anything French. It's just so, <laughs> so funny. And, and what did I do? I didn't go see the Alice Neal show at the Met. It closed before I could get to it, and I'm jealous of any of you out there who got to go see it because it looked astonishing. Um, yeah, and I, 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 and yeah. I started watching Zola. I started watching Zola, um, and it was just too, too jumpy, like too jumpy, too modern. Too much like what the kids would watch. And I was like, yeah, I'll watch this again some other time. Do you ever worry about, and you, and you know what it's based on. You know Zola's based on that Twitter thread. Um, sometimes lately, I've been feeling like, God, am I out of touch? Like, I feel like I'm not, I, I worry about being out of touch. Like, I, I want to watch something like Zola. It is this push-pull between wanting to watch something like that that I might not get or might not enjoy and wanting to have watched it and then this other thing of being like, fuck it, this is, I don't like it, I shouldn't have to watch it. Haven't we lived long enough that we can just like the things we like and occasionally challenge ourselves with new things but not sweat it if we're not into them? Yeah, we have, but you know, I was thinking about white. I was thinking about White Lotus, right? Which I haven't finished, and I, I I'm not finishing it because I I didn't really like it. And then I was like, am I missing something? Like, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about White Lotus being about you know an amazing, uh, you know, it's, uh, 
amazing uh, indictment of class. Exactly, yes. indictment of class of white privilege. And I'm like, well, first I had this paranoid thought of like, oh, am I so white privileged that I didn't pick up on that? And then I was mm-hmm. like, no, I don't like it. I don't think it's doing that successfully. But then no. I was like, am I missing something? I really have this thing. Am I missing something? Am I out of touch? I, I, I felt the same way. And also about White Lotus, because one of on the blog yesterday, when I announced a new episode, one of the um, readers listened and said, I can't believe you and Jen don't like White Lotus. It is such a brilliant commentary on class in America. It's a modern upstairs, downstairs. And I was like, wow, am I, am I, am I kind of clueless? And then I also, a, a reader wrote me a DM, a listener wrote me a DM on um, Instagram and said she misses Smart Kim. So both of those things have made me feel a little out oh of God. touch lately. Oh. No, she misses. She misses Smart Kim. Oh God, people are so mean. It's like the it's like the person who said that I'm vain, but I cover it with self deprecating humor. I was <laughs> like, I was like, fuck off, man. First off, we should all be more vain. Like, fuck off. Yeah, no shit, no shit. I but I don't think you're not smart. Did she give you a specific example of how you're not smart? No, anymore? I think just in general, I just the smart went away. I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you got that DM. No. I, uh, I would like, you know, I, I would like to talk to more people about White Lotus because the other thing is I feel like I'm sometimes in a bubble and I don't, because I'm not having the same kind of conversations also because of COVID too. Mm-hmm. I'm not having the same kinds of like, oh, we all got together and we talked about things um, and you got different points of view on it. So you do have an isolated point of view and I don't want that in my life. And I do read sort of ancillary reviews and everything. I don't, I don't want to become weird and, and sheltered, but at the same time, I don't want to fucking, I'm past the time in my life where I'm going to pretend I like something that I don't like. I just, no you know. No shit. No shit. That's it. Um, but I am listening to something I'm really enjoying. I mean, I don't know if you're finished with the, I, I think you're smart. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Um, I am listening to Lucille Ball has a, po- has a new podcast Go figure. She died a million years ago. Um, No, in the 60s, Lucille Ball had a radio show where she interviewed celebrities, these really like micro interviews. She did it for CBS radio. Mm -hmm. And um, her daughter held on to these recordings all of these years, and they've just released them as a podcast called Let's Talk to Lucy. Oh, wow. And... It is so fun. It is really cool. She was so cool and ahead of her time in so many ways. Hmm. Um, I'm sure, look, I'm also sure that, you know, she would have been canceled today. I'm sure, I'm sure there are many problematic things about Lucille Ball that I'm not, and I want to say this because I like to say this because I don't read everything and I did not look up, which I normally do, Lucille Ball canceled, which is normally (laughs) what I do before I talk about anything because I want to make sure, like, you know, it's not a J.K. Rowling situation, you know, um, but and there was another one recently that I was like, I think I think that person was canceled um, that we you and I were talking about. But this podcast is her interviewing. She interviews some Vegas showgirls. She interviews um, Frank Sinatra. She interviews Carol Burnett. She interviews uh, Danny Kaye. And mm. it's 
she talks to Frank Sinatra about what it means to be a good friend. She talks to Danny Kaye about um, being a home cook and what she likes about cooking and what she doesn't like about cooking. And and she talks about being away from her kids while she's working and like what it's, it's like for both of them to be away from their kids. And there's this line at some point she says, you know, I never had a chance to be anything but a character to the public. And this is a chance to be myself. And it's really kind of cool. I, I really hmm. am interested in it because it's interesting. It's interesting to hear something that was recorded in the 60s that's basically modern day podcast format. It's right. kind of just conversational. And, you know, these people are people that she knows. And so, you know, she's friendlier. I bet it's, I bet it was a lot less formal than most of this kind of thing at the time, right? Yeah. There's a lack of formality. So anyway, I recommend Let's Talk to Lucy. That's my big rec for the week. I am totally going to check that out. Yeah, it's fun. Awesome. Well, we've chatted for quite a while now. Oh, we have? Oh, we've chatted for 40 minutes. Yes. We've chatted for 40 minutes. We better wrap it up before our listeners get bored. Before they get bored. Um, Well... Thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. We're your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, you can rate and review it on all the platforms. It really helps us find new audience. Um, if you want to support the production of the show, we are on Patreon. Uh, our Patreon is patreon.com backslash everything is fine. And in September, we're going to be really ramping up our Patreon offerings. Um, We'll have some announcements around that coming up in a couple of weeks. We are also on Instagram at EIF podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook, and you can find Kim at her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.